What's up, Marvelites, and welcome to a brand new episode of the MC Exchange Podcast. This is a very, very special episode because we're going to talk about, and not just talk about, and celebrate Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s seventh season run. Woo! Woo! Charles will not be here in this episode. Charles will be sitting out in this episode because me and Joe will break down all the great moments, all the worst moments, <laughs> and also celebrate the show and the characters and the storylines. Then let's get right to it. Let's head over now to the breakdown. But first, let me introduce to you the the name of this episode of the MC Exchange Podcast. This is a Shield exclusive season pass episode. The final, <laughs> the final one, right, Joe? This is the final oh, one. Heartbreaking. Uh, we've been doing this for thirteen weeks now, so <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be sad. No, the Shield season pass <laughs> segment we've been doing it for thirteen weeks. It's, it's just a trip down memory lane. But before we start, just want to give a shout out to our listeners here. Thank you for listening over at Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, Breaker, and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thank you so much. You can also uh, head over to www.mcexchange.com to check out our review of the episode, uh, Richard's review, one of our writers, uh, a splendid review of everything that went down. If you want a written format, there's it, it's in there. <laughs> and also, you can uh, follow us on Twitter, that's twitter.com slash mcexchange. You can also get, get your comments, reactions on that after you hear this episode. You can also you know, talk about it with us and celebrate this massive, massive success of the Age of Shield. On that note, let's get right to it. This is our breakdown of the two-hour season finale. You know, Joe, upon seeing, upon watching, I- I've watched it three times already. I know, I know. Don't react. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I watched it three times already, and when you watch it numerous times, you you tend to fi- you tend to uh, discover that. This is not a this this finale is not an episodic format. This is a feature film like format, right? It's a that true, it's, yeah. Just that. So what I've been hour seeing. and a half. Yeah, an hour and a half. Two hours on TV. That's really an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't forget the mad breaks. <laughs> yeah, the commercial breaks. We'll be back in a moment. Uh, man, I'm gonna miss that. It's Colson's voice. Okay, the title of the episode is "The End Is at Hand." And what we're fighting for, which has uh, been mentioned a lot during the series finale, right? Yeah, it kind of yeah. is like the the thriller. I mean, they already uh, abused their the end title <laughs> so a few seasons ago. So like, oh crap, how are we gonna end this now? <laughs> but like the uh, what we fight for, that was a great title idea because it just fits. It fits the story arc of Shield throughout all these years. Yeah. And um, what they're fighting for is like they're gonna go down to that later. But this final mission is really has a weight, you know. It really has that gut punch when you think about it. When you rewatch everything, it, it gets oh yeah, emotionally. So let's. Uh, so we are um, carrying over. Uh, apologies if I make an emotional response to this because you know I I've, <laughs> I've been emotional in the past few days. Just you know, just, just a disclaimer. Because, you know, I, I shed a tear while watching this for the first oh, time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I shed a tear. And, you know, they, they deserve it. They deserve their ending. And we're going to talk about it later. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're still in space. Um, yeah. uh, Deke, uh, not Deke. I mean, Deke and Simmons are still trapped in the Chronic Arm ship. And then, and then that surprise kiss again between Sosa and Daisy. They've they, they grown, they grown on you as, as a couple, right? They, I mean, they... 
uh, you love their moments when you when you see them both on screen. I love their moments, even though they they just spent the season, they spent time only the season. What do you think about that mm-hmm. dynamic, Joe, between Sosa and Daisy? I, uh, I I I generally, I mean, it's it's kind of funny if you think about it in like Captain America terms. It's kind of a tribute to that, which makes it more ironic because he liked Cap, uh, he liked Agent Carter. Uh, I I like Sousa as a character. If I have to say one of the standouts uh, in the season, it was Sousa. I loved his addition. I'm I'm glad where his arc kind of ended in this show, and it makes me mad that this is the last season. Become like. You could see yeah. so many good storylines with these characters, but yep. it's it's it, I I like the romance. It's it's the better romance. Uh, I I still was never a big fan of Lincoln. It was just a little rushed for me. Yeah. So me this too. was even even though this was just one season, it felt more complete. One one what if scenario is that what could have been like if Daniel Sosa was there all the time? You know, seeing the dynamic. Mm. The innocence on technology because he doesn't really know what what to do with this technology. It's been really pointed out in, in the entire finale. Yeah, I, I love the whole. I got him a typewriter. He's so happy. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe. He still writes letters. Okay, so give him a break. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was cute. I won't lie. And also, Simmons has a somewhat an. Um, and amnesia, right? <laughs> because the Chronicle Arms yeah. did something to her. So Deke is trying to help her Nana <laughs> to remember <laughs> everyone, not just Fitz, right? So yeah. we have that moment. We have that intimate moment between the two. And, you know, seeing it on, the, on an outside perspective um, in a different storyline, not, not within the S.H.I.E.L.D. storyline, just trying to skew it in a bit. Just want to say that when when you talk to your grandmother, you know, in a different timeline, it just gets to you. Like when you when, when you, you imagine those scenario that what if what if that happened to me? What what will I do? Right? Because you're protecting yeah. your own legacy in a way because you need to protect her for you to be born. And that dynamic has been totally explored ever since season five. And I love that they have this cute they have this intimate moments up until now. What do you what do you think about the dynamic between Simmons and Deke in this finale? Because Deke is the one trying to help her out, which is which is uh, different from the earlier seasons. Because Simmons and Fitz is the one trying to help Deke out. Now it's it's reversed. Uh, it was it was sweet. Uh, I like. I mean, the the fact is that they play around a lot with the whole implant on her neck, and Deke is Deke's such a strange character in the show in general because he. He's technically a comedic foil, but he also has like these very dramatic moments. Uh, so I, I like that they used his connection with Simmons as a way to just give like reverse the storyline, especially as how the the episode the next episode kind of starts. It's an important last moment for him, but <laughs> he still is kind of selfish in the ends, uh, especially when we think about how his arc pretty much ends for the show. Yeah. So he still kind of gets his way anyway. <laughs> and and the thing is, living in the, in an apocalyptic Earth in the future, back in season five, he knows how to survive. He yeah, he's resourceful. I think we tend to forget that. Yeah. Yeah, he's resourceful, and even if you leave him alone, which which we saw in the past few episodes where he was where he and Mac left was left alone during 1982, he knows his way. Even though in a different time, like he knows how to survive, yeah. he knows how to be responsible. He, I love that. I love that about him. 
and, and the thing is, is that what you have to respect, like the whole, oh, he changed the timeline by playing songs that haven't been out yet, but exist yeah. in the main timeline. <laughs> I mean, as as terrible as it is in the, they've already screwed up so much. And he, you know, he prioritized, we need to be able to sustain ourselves and get back because even if we keep the timeline as it is, you know, we're, we're still affected by it. And I like that he just, he looks at survival first and is not like, Oh, we can't do this. And it just shows that he's not your typical shield member, let's say. <laughs> he's very different. Which is saying a lot because he's 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 from a different timeline in a way. Yeah. He's a remnant of that timeline. <laughs> so many time 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 centered talks here. Yeah. Too much time and too many dimensions. <laughs> and uh, you know, I just want to point it out that when Deke was trying to get Simmons to remember Fitz, he's trying to imitate him. <laughs> Oh, His so accent, fun. oh my god, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> it was really good. It was spot on. Yeah, I love that. I was, I was laughing my ass up there, and I can't remember. Did he say what the hell? Because I remember like that being the constant, ongoing joke that in the early seasons, because Fitz would always go, "What the hell?" And it kind of just disappeared after a while. <laughs> I, I, I forgot the line, but I think. Uh, but it's it's he has the accent though, so that's what I pointed yeah. out. <laughs> and also in this episode, we also saw the relationship between uh, Sosa and Mac because we haven't seen them that much, you know, interact in the past yeah. few episodes. And that finale, this finale, they're front and center. And now seeing them, you know, I, hey, I'm the director here, and now and you know, Sosa is also a high-ranking member of Shield. These two leaders yeah. try to map out a plan. It's just really fascinating. I also love because the whole Mac for being protective of Daisy just adds that extra tension that just makes their situation even funnier. Yeah. And, you know, when they're trying to... I love that scene. When they're trying to wait for the Chronicoms, right? Trying to wait for Mm -hmm. the Chronicoms to attack. And then Sosa pointed out, what if they're doing the same thing we do? Like, That's so funny. (laughs) They're just standing there on both sides. (laughs) I love that. And um, also, duct tape saved them. Right, Joe? Duct tape and crash test dummy logic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and let's talk about Korra. Okay, let's talk about the evolution of Korra as a character. Because she started off as this um, unknown, you know, for for starters, she started, started off as an, an unknown character. And then she was, um, what? how do I say it? She was misunderstood. I think, yeah, yeah. During the first few episodes, because he's trying to find her place in the world, which is similar to what Daisy experienced during season one. I mean, Sky, Sky experienced during season one, mm. and then uh, it was pointed out in this episode that Malik was only manipulating her, and she still has that good heart, you know, that that good heart trope. Mm. <laughs> and I then, mean, she was really an a villain uh, in a way yeah. that. She she was too nice for it, yeah. And I like the fact that her name is I think I think it's Greek or something. Yeah, it's Greek for heart or maiden. So there really? was a nice touch with you the naming. That. Yeah. Cora, Greek. Okay. <laughs> uh, nice. And um, even though we only saw her for like one, two, three, five episodes, four episodes, mm. I, I think I liked her. I I like her, and um, I grew to like her during the course of the season. Because I was actually waiting for her to be redeemed, and I'm I'm glad that she was redeemed during this finale 
Are you thinking the same thing that you want him, you want her to be redeemed in some form before all of this? I this may sound terrible, but I pretty I assume that was where they were going. I I'm oh. still not the biggest fan of the oh you had a sister trope, even though we never talked about that person in the entire franchise. Um, but it it works it works well. I like the twist that the whole reason they went back in time was pretty much they needed her abilities that aren't quite defined as well as I think they should have because she could pretty much could do anything. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's the only thing where I wish they kind of added a bit more subtext to what her abilities mean, definitely, because she can control... So she can black out an entire uh, shield facility, but also heal people. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little... It's the only thing I'll say is, like, it's an interesting character concept, but they kind of rush through, oh, yeah, this is her sister. Uh, she can glow. You'll find out more <laughs> She later. can glow. <laughs> yeah yeah i actually agree with you that with you and i but yeah she evolves a character that's important thing <laughs> well yeah <laughs> i mean I let's be honest if if there's anything agents of shield is, has always been good at it's giving us interesting characters even if they only show up very briefly yeah and uh i, I, re- I remember during season one we have that like villain of the week kind of thing right <laughs> And then what a even time. Though, yeah, what a time. Man, that was seven years ago. Imagine that. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they have they have compelling characters, even though they're villains. And I love that about yeah. this show. Okay, let's talk about Garrett. The anticlimactic Garrett. <laughs> because yeah, his death is anticlimactic. <laughs> and and you saw that exchange, right? That when mm-hmm. Yo Yo Put that, uh, place that weapon to him. <laughs> I'm gonna transport yeah. this to you. <laughs> okay. So imagine if Yo-Yo was present during season two, season two finale. Coulson would have had a hand. Like he, he didn't lose a hand if Yo-Yo was there. True. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest. I rewatched that sequence because I haven't seen it in so long, and really? I don't know what it is about his. Yeah. The because I was I was watching like the theories on you know the ending of the show. What could it mean? You know, just look back at the history of the characters, and I don't know why, but rewatching the sequence of him losing his arm just makes me laugh way too hard. <laughs> I don't know something about it. Just the just the way it just starts off with this dramatic music and like oh Coulson's dead and there's like. Whack! <laughs> the axe comes out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, I, I believe they gave a tribute to Star Wars on that one because you're losing the hand thing. Yeah, it it, it was also fitting because it was season two, and all Phase Two films had someone losing an arm, so that was a yeah. pretty cool tie-in there. Pretty cool connection, indeed. I almost love everything here in this finale, but mm-hmm. one thing I hate is how Garrick died. Because he was just shot in the head. That's it. And they were they yeah, were the redemption the arc, they were pitch. kind of they were like, oh, he's getting a redemption. Boom, shot in the head. I was surprised. Uh, After, I, I thought it was, gonna, it was going to be, um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't want to say redeemed because I, I think I want mm-hmm. revenge in a way. You know, because man, he's a pain in the ass. Even though he's been he's been with them for only three episodes, he's it's, it's, yeah. he's annoying. You know. It's Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> hey, pal. <laughs> the thing is, wh- when they were there, 
Joe, in the swordfish facility, I mean, in the bunkhouse, the secret base. Uh, I was, when I was first watching it, I was like, okay, who are these people? Like, <laughs> they're in the shadows, like, maybe there's a fun little cameo here or something. I was expect, I was really expecting a cameo. Yeah, honestly. I mean, technically there was one. Yeah, it's Victoria Han. <laughs> that, so I have to say the fact that Victoria Han got the shot him was the only redeeming aspect of it. I felt yeah. bad because the whole point of the discussion from episode 11 where Korra's like, we can kill Grant Ward before he becomes evil, even though they know in the framework that there is a version of him that would have been good. Yeah. That for some reason, Garrett is just the one person they believe is irredeemably evil. <laughs> he just, he gets shot in the head. Oh, we just used him. It's like, that that was a little, especially yeah. considering that the actor who originally played him has passed away, and this is technically a tribute to his character. Yeah. It's a little iffy, I won't lie. Um, but, I, you know, it's, it's still, it works because it, he went out the same way as he did in the original timeline. It's just a sudden, oh. No, uh, he's gone. Uh, uh, yeah, he's just, oh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> okay, he's dead. Okay, uh, I thought... <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, so there's I have a to say in general, not yeah. a lot of cameos this season. That that really caught me off guard. We got some good ones. I won't I won't say there weren't any, but I'm a little disappointed with how few characters really returned throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, I was I was really expecting, like honestly, on my perspective, I was really expecting uh, at least a cameo from Deadlock, maybe in yeah. some form. I don't know. I don't know how, but come it, on, guys. I think the the show is if you look at it, it had this really difficult balance to hold between a tribute to the entirety of six seasons before it, but it felt more like they were trying to pay tribute to season one more than anything else. Yeah. And the thing is, is that yes, for us, season one is is fantastic, but so much has happened that it felt like they they should have done. I still believe last season should have been this season with an extra thing because mm-hmm. it just feels like they rushed through the plots or rushed through the aspect of the plot that to really give it the substance it needed. Mm-hmm. They, they did do it well. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I still think it's a really well done season. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I same. just think it, like Nathaniel Malik as the villain was, it felt like a season one villain to me and same. we had so much more better villains. And that, that was the only thing I went, eh, it could have been done better. The thing is, I'm going to point, point this out later, but I'm just going to show a preview. Mm. I, 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 I agree with you that Nathaniel Malik is like a season one villain, season two villain in some way. But the execution was, wow, well planned. I'm going to yeah, break that down uh, later. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There, there's some fantastic, like the second, the final episode, uh, What We Fight For, had some incredibly done um, moments. Yeah. Ironically, the moment when Fitz returns. <laughs> and I can't wait to talk about it. Just because before that, I'm just going to point this out. They have a season, re- season one reference, Joe. They have a season one re- reference. Uh-huh. Uh, when Sosa and Mac was trying to uh, stay, stay away from the Chronicoms, the weapon that yeah. was used by Mac, when, when you, oh, when yeah. that sword, like a like sword siphon, and then, and then the, it's like a bomb when, when everyone goes away. <laughs> It was the, the same weapon thing, yeah. that Coulson used during season one, episode seventeen, turn, turn, turn against Garrett. And it was also the thing that uh, Grant Ward used, I think, at one point as well. Yeah, during um, 
I think this episode two, I think. Yeah, episode two or three. Yeah, episode two. Yeah, yeah. So you love that, and and you mentioned that earlier because you know they're trying to pay tribute season one, and that's another example of how they did it. Mm. Yeah, now, there's some great moments. I like those the small moments they do well. I kind of am still sad to this day that the Berserker staff never was like May's go to weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have like it would have. I think it would have worked so well to also explain why she's a uh, she's an empath. Just she got used to that freaking thing at one point. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's a lost opportunity, but again. The execution, I'm gonna go down to it later. I can't wait to talk about it. Is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about the the characters in the bunk ho- bunkhouse. The agents there. You know, I, at first glance, at first watch, I was trying to figure out. Except for Victoria Han, are these people important? I'm trying to like. I'm trying to Google search like. Okay. What, what's, what's his name? What's his name? <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the the Brandon the agent Brandon Campbell is that Campbell? I think. Yeah, Campbell, I think. I was trying to find out, did I see him in previous seasons? And the answer is no. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I thought the same thing. Like, there was this big, like, I am Asian, da 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 I'm like, who are you? Who are you? I've never like, seen you before. Where do you come yeah. from? You know, if, if, Joe, I have a question for you. If you would replace mm-hmm. him, that character, that Brandon Campbell character, that S.H.I.E.L.D. character, who do you yeah. want as a welcoming welcoming party during that scene? I mean, a young that's a, a young Nick Fury would have been cool. Uh, or just or Howard Stark, maybe. Uh, you know, <laughs> Howard Stark. I'm kind of annoyed. I'm sad that he didn't show up. I kind of, if there was a character, I thought, oh, he'll probably show up in some way. Is in the 1930s, 1940s. He sadly did not. Not even Dum Dum Dugan, which surprised me as well. But I, I don't know. You know, the thing is, I would have loved to seen the father of Triplet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wanted, a tri- I wanted a BJ Britt cameo or a tribute to Triplet, who was, I think, in the shortest time, one of the biggest fan favorite characters in the show. I love Triplet. I, I love his, his charisma. I love his, you know, uh, the freshness that he gave whenever he's on screen. My favorite moment will always be where he asks if he dated anyone on the team, and Stacy says no, and he's like, "Damn, you sure you won't return to that world?" It's like, "Oh, there he is." <laughs> there he is. <laughs> and also, when that uh, when okay, they're in the swordfish monkhouse. I mean, mm-hmm. secret base. Uh, the uh, Simmons was like fixing the thing. <laughs> I mean, the time. I don't know how. What what's the name of that? Time drive? No, the, it's not time drive. It's the, a quantum. Well, he was building the quantum realm generator. What should we call it? <laughs> yeah. Be- before before we dive into the quantum realm, there was this guy who was late, and I really thought he was an important character. I don't know who he is. Maybe the bla- uh, the the old guy who's late because the bus broke oh, down. Oh yeah. Who is that? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. Like he just mentioned Enoch and. Koenigs, uh, who is that? Like I was trying to figure out. Okay, who is this? Did I saw him again in previous episodes or previous seasons? I I don't know. <laughs> I was either actually they expecting. Have gone, yeah, either they really dug deep for their cameos, or I'm going insane because I have no idea who most of these 
Yeah. I don't know if he's a comics writer. I don't know if he's a producer or something. Because he must be significant because he is late. He was... An entire scene was revolving around him, right? I thought... Like, that would have been the thing. It's like, oh, why isn't this a character we saw, like early on in their time travels who they met and they can't recognize him but he they rec- he recognizes them yeah. and, but it just kind of was like oh thank you for bringing this goodbye <laughs> okay I'll, I'll go back to my house now okay he's not even an agent I'll try to catch the bus <laughs> i mean he's not even an agent clothes right i don't know no, maybe a former I, agent i think former. he's retired yeah he's retired yeah, i think he's retired before we dive into the quantum realm, I just want to talk about... Okay, so all this 084 s I love the 084 reference. <laughs> it's season, season 1, episode 2. Remember that one? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, I love the fact how, like, in a way, it was a little over the top. It's like, oh, it's an 084. They said it so often to one point. It's like, I think we remember what it is now. <laughs> yeah, I can remember it now. <laughs> that number is significant. I'm still sad. <laughs> I'm going to say something to you after this episode. Because of that number, okay. I'm gonna tell a story later <laughs> after all of this, <laughs> after our recording. <laughs> okay, so going back to the question earlier, Joe, with hmm? that old person, old guy, who do you think is the best one? I think the best replacement for that one is Teenig, or maybe, right? Like, yeah, uh, I would have expected an old, like old person makeup version of Koenig. Uh, that would have been perfect. Yeah. Uh, just, just anyone that actually appeared in the show. If he did, I feel terrible because I wouldn't know who he was. If he was a background character, holy crap, <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> Same. I, I, I've scoured through interviews of the producers and the cast. I haven't found anything yet. So maybe in the next few days. I don't know. <laughs> Time to rewatch it again. <laughs> Time to rewatch it because the only, um, the only notable background character that i remember is the one where enoch was in the bar and he was talking to someone an old guy right yeah yeah that was, that was yeah, the only it... notable background character that, that i can remember that i can recall that would have given significance in that scene while they're in the swordfish bunker it's it's a little it's it's a strange touch uh i think it's it's a bit just a bit of a missed opportunity in general they, I get what they were going for. I mean, there are so many S.H.I.E.L.D. agents out there. We won't have met every single one. Yeah. It's just that it's, if this weren't the final season and these characters might play a significant role later on, mm-hmm. I don't think we'd have this reaction, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, um, maybe, I have a theory right now. I just thought about it right now. Maybe the, the writers... Uh, did it because the idea of Agents of Shield as a show is that is that not all heroes are super. So you gather all these characters who are unknown, and they're and yeah. they're the ones who brought this 08 force in in order to save actually the, the entire world now. Mm. Because if not for them, then the agents are doomed. No, I think that's a that's a that's a fair point. I I, I like I said I don't hate the concept of it. Yeah. It's more the wasted opportunity in my eyes that what they could have done with it. Okay, so Simmons ha- is uh, he? She doesn't remember anything, but she knows how to assemble the quantum drive thingy, right? Mm. That's, 
it's nice. Like, that's a nice touch. Convenient. And, yeah. And I love the singing key. Singing key, bang, and then the secret, the secret uh, door opened. And then the one thing I noticed, like, during my second rewatch, not my first rewatch, that's, mm-hmm. that's my first watch, is that, that the thing above, above the, yeah. in the, in the upper part of the quantum drive, not the device, but yeah. the, the one above, I mean, really, really above, is the same model that was used in Avengers Endgame. Well, oh, it it's is? Small, it's smaller. <laughs> it's smaller. Oh, you mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks, it's, a, it's very close to what, the, what they had in the movies. Yeah. Because it's like this shield plate that adapts to make the hole. And, you know, this was shot a year ago, which is also Avengers Endgame was finished shooting then. When they was when they were trying to produce this, mm-hmm. maybe they you know maybe they borrowed that idea, like that. I that mean, I, 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 part. I, I think they got the designs from uh, Endgame. So like what we know about like with the Triskelion design, that's actually from the movies that they just get like they get it sent to them uh, to use it for theirs. So it's an asset that already exists. Yeah. And I'm guessing is that they got like they saw the artwork. They're like, okay, how are you guys doing this with that? We want to kind of also embrace this aspect, and that's how they kind of got their hands on it. And I was geeking out, Joe. I was geeking out. I, I, at first, I was not. I was not aware that it was it was a quantum realm because you know in, that, that was that was mentioned by Fitz in the next episode. Like not not in this episode. Yeah, it, it's not as obvious as I expected because you don't. Like we, yeah, we've seen it before, but you don't expect like the show to go into quantum realm. Yeah, I didn't expect that. And when my only so- issue is, I have oh. I have to say one thing is that Tony Stark is described as one of the smartest people on the planet, uh, <laughs> and Shuri is, and for some reason, Fitzsimmons just invent time travel plus quantum realm tech. <laughs> While in space, <laughs> while while they're tra- while they're stranded in space, not stranded, while, while they're in space, he created well. He created a hole with scraps. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's a little crazy. <laughs> Imagine Joe, just just want just want to circle back in one moment. Imagine if you're in one room and then, uh, who's the smartest person? Tony Stark, Shuri, Fitz, mm-hmm. and Simmons. You're all of them in one room trying to argue science stuff, right? I put Bruce yeah. Banner in there. Oh my God, that's gonna be a fun. It's still a one shot. <laughs> just doing that. <laughs> it's be like, what's happening? Uh, They're going uh, to talk about science stuff. Oh, my head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when Fitz shows up, I actually clap. I cheered, Joe. Yeah. I cheered honestly during my first watch. I cheered. And then the, the people in the house are looking at me. Why are you cheering? Because the Carol, my favorite character, is back. <laughs> it only took 13 episodes. Took 13, well, technically it took 11. Oh, four, uh, yeah, twelve. <laughs> so and yeah, that's appear in 11, but not in modern time. That was a welcome moment for me. I mean, that was an, that was an amazing moment. That's probably... One of th- that's right up there in the top ten, top five moments of Agents of Shield for me. Fitz returning because mm-hmm. we we must admit that we missed the character, right? <laughs> because oh yeah, definitely for a while. I know. The that, thing is, it's like yeah. on Wikipedia, he's added as a guest character, guest star. But I oh, don't remember. Man. 
Yeah, guest star. And I thought he was always part of the main cast throughout the entire season. I have to recheck that, so I'm not sure if he actually was just a guest character and that's why he didn't show up. I've been reading up that there was actually a scheduling issue, so that's why yeah, they there couldn't was. use him as much. But in the end, as much as the build-up took time, and I still think it's it wasn't as dramatic as they made it out to be uh, throughout the entire show. It still was a great reveal. Uh, and the way they combined it with a lot of MCU mythology was a great touch. Yeah, Plus, so... Detailment returns as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm reading an article now about, you know, Fitz's, uh, the actor situation. And the showrunners mentioned that it was just, mentioned, and I quote, it was just, it was time for him to go and explore new things. So they had to be smart with how they're going to <clears throat> use him in the story. Hmm. That's the main reason. Interesting. Okay, fit. So we're finishing episode 12. We're going to go ahead to episode 13 now. The final episode. That, that was a cliffhanger, right, Joe? <laughs> yeah. If, if they're going not to decide to uh, break this up like into a two-hour series finale, to a two-hour series finale, they're just going to do a one, one episode for this, for this week and next week. That would be a bummer for some, right? Oh, <laughs> uh. I, I don't think people would have been happy with that one because that ending is like fits and if it just cuts off you're like what the <laughs> what's happening and then Gemma doesn't remember you <laughs> yeah I still I like that she didn't automatically remember him that was a great touch so that there was still some because it also helped for the audience to kind of figure out okay what's this is there a special connection what was it that why would she forget and the build up then also worked pretty damn well for later. And then I just want to point out the title the title card for the last episode. In the previous episodes, we have different title cards for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And now in this last episode, it's just the normal logo and a quiet transition. Yeah. I love that. That was a great touch. Uh, I like that quite a bit. Yeah. Even though yeah. I have to say, the, 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 the ones they've been using for the last, I think, like, four episodes where they've been in space most of the time i love that logo design so it was kind of a nice touch that they gave the final episode a special one yeah we go to the final episode breakdown my god <laughs> talk about Ooh. a lot and uh, <laughs> when fitz mentioned the quantum realm i geeked out honestly i geeked out how about you when you when you when you heard the quantum realm what, what, what did you think about it finally confirmation that this does abide by endgame laws Yes. That was a great conference. I like how, because Deke was in this, and if we go by the logic of, of the, the fifth season that had time travel as well, uh, we were like unsure. It's like, how are they going to handle this uh, element then? And I think they, they had a clever idea by simply going, uh, oh, you know, we affect the timeline, everything will change. But everything changed so much that at one point you're like, yeah, you guys kind of uh, fucked up if you were trying to do that. Yeah, <laughs> and it was a great touch where I like that the the bad guys were the ones who got like guys. Daisy's mom is dead before she was born. That's your weird. parents are dead, but you still have their memories. So yeah, this ain't your timeline no more. <laughs> You're a remnant, like, it, just like Deke. And it was a nice touch because I think it also like I I love the relationship that Mac and Deke have developed in the season. I yeah. think that helped to kind of solidify that one more time, especially with what he does in this episode. Before that, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna point out that time travel, you know, it's it's a very, very difficult concept. It's a tricky concept. It's a fun aspect it's a fun concept, but it's a tricky 
want to explain because you know you're dealing with time and uh, there are numerous explanations of how time travel works we have several time travel movies already back to the future but i personally love the idea of of you know of using time as the the anchor of the narrative because i've, I've been a tra- uh, a fan of ta- of time travel time centered stories yeah. ever since because i'm a big fan of back to the future but it's been <laughs> you know the concept there was largely it's not really accurate so during episode 1 you're going to go back a bit Joe. episode 1 mm-hmm. season 7 dick suggested that you know okay we make ripples not waves we're not going to change the timeline we're not going to do it okay mm-hmm. it's going to be okay and then so it turns out that he was really really wrong <laughs> he was really really wrong about that and um you know the very act of traveling into the past Joe creates a branch timeline whatever whatever wherever point you end up and i love that because it coincides with the, the rules that was laid out by the ancient one during end game right the mm-hmm. multiverse model yeah so the the way so here's my theory about this yeah what what pretty much is the giveaway uh, of this entire storyline is the fact that taking away the infinity stones is the same as re- killing your parents pretty much it's like an extremely relevant uh action that mm-hmm. changes a lot yeah now if you go back in time and steal someone's pencil you're not really doing anything new you're not really changing anything and you know if someone wrote a book but you steal his pencil it doesn't mean he's not going to write the book yeah but if That's you for example idea. blind him or something the the alteration is stronger so they're pretty much combining the elements of of uh time travel by saying if we don't don't change much or if we if we barely do any small aspect the time the time will stay will remain the same but if we for example just take something make a strong impact like malik survives Mm-hmm. then that means that you're in a completely new timeline so the, it splinters off so there's like a rule at one point it splinters off and i yeah. think that helps to also solidify because that's why they they will always have their original timeline but we also had time things with their timeline because they were in the past and this was my favorite moment in general was this reveal that they were the people in the hazmat suits yeah before we do and, that and, <laughs> oh sorry. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want to talk about, you know, um the discussion in the swordfish yeah. bunkhouse that okay, okay, we're 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 uh we're trying in fits explaining what really happened. Right? What really happened to the plan mm-hmm. and stuff like that. The quantum realm that okay, well, in the quantum realm. I love his I love his accent. When he says quantum realm <laughs> during that. <laughs> and I, and uh, uh, the Scots. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there um So the original plan is to go back to the original timeline and leave this timeline for the Chronicles invade. But the thing is, as we all know, they're good people. Coulson, really, Coulson mentioned that we can't leave this timeline. There's still people here. Like we can't let the Chronicles invade this this timeline because uh-huh. it's not it's not the framework. Like it's not the virtual reality. Like there are real stakes here. So, uh-huh. and then the. the And the sad part about it, Joe, is that, damn, it's the last time that they're on their same room together, like all of them. 
Yeah. That 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 took a painful hit on me <laughs> because you know just realizing that I just realized it during the second rewatch. I, I, at the first rewatch, I was like, no, 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 it's just uh, they, they'll still be together in a way. Like no. <laughs> okay, so one has to stay behind, and at first it was Sosa. He was like trying to, <laughs> I I belong here. Like okay, <laughs> and then Deke. The dramatic that. speech, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Deke mentioned that no, you don't, you don't have the scientific know-how to operate this thing, and you're, you're even impressed with the light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not true, and that's rude. Not, that's not true, and rude. I love this old school type innocence, right? I love that. Right? <laughs> so Deke made the way he's like... so Deke made the ultimate sacrifice. He stayed there because it kind of makes sense. Because he doesn't belong anywhere, and now yeah. he has a proper home, sort of. Because as we all know, he's a rock god during that timeline, right? Yeah, no one's worried about him. Ah, he's a rock god. He'll be he's fine. A, yeah, he has the resources now. I guess <laughs> he has money, and now he has a, a, an abundant source of resources because he's not the director of Shield in that timeline. Do you want a spinoff? Mm. You know, do you want a spin-off just focusing on Deke's version of Shield? <laughs> I, I love, love uh, I, I, I kind of could see it work as a like the slingshot miniseries. Yeah. Sh- the Shield, uh, Shield, uh, and and the D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Deke Shield. Oh, that 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 sounds awful. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it was there, and um, and I I love the sequence, Joe, when they're trying to you know. Uh, okay, okay, come on, let's 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 get moving, let's get moving. I, I love that because that that long takes, you know, that that shot, yeah. and the only, I mean, Mac was the one. It's only it's only fitting to see Mac, uh, bid goodbye to him. You know, thank you for your service, Agent yeah. Shaw. That was it was gut wrenching, but I was kind of happy because you know, Deke now has full power of what to do with his life. Because I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> well, maybe he will create Jurassic Park in 1985. I don't know. <laughs> that movie, shield, right? Hey, I'd, I'd watch the shit out of a shield show with dinosaurs. Remember what Max said to him that you'll watch over us, and then he said, "Yes, of course." So imagine if if there is a one shot or a spinoff, maybe he he will be the one recruiting the team, right? True, yeah. That timeline. It's the uh, Shield Initiative. Yeah. Uh, there was someone who wrote. I like this uh, idea with him being. Uh, he could be just the white version of Nick Fury in this universe. Yeah. Yeah, the eye patch though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but the thing is, they're still operating within the same M- MCU timeline. So they're still in Avengers during Deke's timeline. So imagine him recruiting Tony Stark. No way. Well, that's that's a different monster. <laughs> imagine oh, the banter God. between those two. Can you imagine it? That's I, I feel so bad funny. for Tony already. I think the in Deke's timeline there will be no Avengers because they don't want to work with him. <laughs> <laughs> so an independent group like. And I wonder how, and, and I, I, we know Deke knows that hi, the Hydra threat now, because do you think there's still Hydra there? Or do you think it's... Uh, no, I, I think Hydra is pretty much 
Nathaniel didn't care for Hydra, and it seems like he took all most of the big Hydra goons from his father. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're still left, but with Deke, I, I, I think that's pretty much over. Finally, they show... they, So they, they've included the Chronicoms in their trip to the Quantum Realm, and my god, the Quantum Realm is beautiful. You know? Beautiful shot. Seeing, seeing it again after... After a while, after Endgame, and I'm I'm when I when I saw it for the first time, like I couldn't believe my eyes. Like Agents of Shield adapting the Quantum Realm, like wow, this is this is something else. If there's anything I hope that uh, Kevin Feige does with his takeover from Marvel TV, is that he keeps uh, Mark Kolpak and his team because they have done amazing work on this show yeah. i mean let's be honest the ghostwriter effects the space they are they're in space they look better than most shows that try to do a science fiction angle so that that is just amazing i love it and i can't wait you know for the future i talk about it later of course but okay so there they are they went back to the original timeline which is of course not not the timeline not still not the mcu timeline no. <laughs> the, the movie's timeline. I'm going to explain that later. I'm going to break it down. So there, and when you are talking about it earlier, it all came full circle, in the words of Clark Gregg. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he said during the one, in, one yeah. interview with Discussing Film. He said that, what can you describe about the finale? It all came full circle. And it did. <laughs> it did, Joe. That was crazy. Yeah. That, was, that was, I love it. You know, why the part of the fun of loving time travel movies is seeing a scene from a different perspective, seeing a story mm. from a different point of view, and Agents of Shield maximized on that. And when that it was revealed that the, the ones in the hat match, uh, in the the suit, you know, the safety suit, yeah. uh, it it was Fitz, Yo-Yo, Sosa, and Simmons. I was that was great. Uh, that was, was great. What? Like like. I didn't realize it un- up until when I was when I was watching it for the first time, Joe. I didn't realize it that, oh yeah, Simmons had someone had recruits during the opening mm-hmm. mo- the fi- the season finale of last year. Like, I didn't recall that. Who are these people? Like, I didn't ask them really. I didn't. Who are these people? Well, it happened so fast, and you're, yeah. you're more focused on the fact that oh wait wait what we're why are they in this in the thirties? What's going on? Huh? I'm more focused huh? on that one, and then the way they connect is. My God, it's amusing. It, it's 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 perfect, you know. I was just like, what? What? I was like, what? I forgot about the hazmat suits completely. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? what? They were what? And oh, oh, and it started just clicking with the time travel theory. And I like the whole like, uh, especially with the we'll be back in a minute. And they spent years away, and then just are literally back in a minute. You're doing time travel things again, weren't you? No, 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 no. Yeah, I actually forgot about Flint. Yeah, I forgot Flint was came back. I kind of was like, oh, did he die? Or because that's the thing with this season, it felt so disconnected. Uh, it felt kind of like, okay, our team is traveling through time. Like maybe they just were left behind and doing their own thing. But then they're like, oh wait, no, like barely any time passed. So we're going this angle and what? Okay and. That's Wait, a, that's oh a, yeah, that's Flint a 12 build up, Joe. 12 yeah. episode build up. <laughs> that was great. Uh, I have to say that was well worth the wait. 
and it was a very clever thing to do. Uh, yeah. I think it should have been teased a bit more uh, because the focus was mainly on where's Fitz. Uh, so I think it would have been great to be like, hey, what happened with everyone else? Because they kind of just didn't give two shits about Flint or Piper. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, they were there. Yeah. Too. <laughs> OK, they were there. I, like, I actually forgot. And I love that they reminded me in a big way. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was really well done. Okay, let's move on now. Let's fast forward to the, the battle between Quake and Nathaniel Malik. And uh, uh, superpower Nathaniel Malik because he has two powers now. Mm-hmm. He took the powers of Korra. <laughs> what do you think about that? He doesn't really battle? use them, though. Yeah. What do I you mean, think about he that has battle? the powers, but he just has glowing eyes for a few seconds and then. That's it. I think he uses it once. That That's how often I counted seeing her abilities. I, yeah. I don't get how. Having Quake's powers almost killed him, but he easily took Quake and Korra's powers. That's the one thing that felt like a... We don't have much time left, so we should just... Oh, his eyes glow! (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what do you think about the fight? Uh, Do you think that it's okay? Do you think that it's compelling? Uh, I've always stated I'm not the biggest, like, Nathaniel fan. I think he's an interesting character, but... It's just not enough time. He wasn't really fleshed out. It was just kind of rushed through. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, it was like, oh, that's a cool idea. And that's pretty much where it ended for me. Let's talk about Fitz and Simmons' Fitz plan to stop everything. Like It's a very detailed plan. Like If you mess yeah. up one part, you're doomed. So but They didn't both... tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so... Is Cora still alive? That would have been good to know. <laughs> He's the she's the key. Well, you didn't tell us that. Of course, I didn't tell you. That. You didn't figure out yourself. You thought you fuck it up. <laughs> and I love that how uh, they split up. You know, with with Coulson and May and Mac and Daisy in the Chronic Arm ship, and then all of the, and the rest in the lighthouse. And so Cora being the key, you know, he and. May's empath powers being the key as well, <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. they like it serves as a beacon for those for every chronic armor who's about to attack, for them to uh, be a person, you know, a, a friend. So that's the plan. No. Yeah, and of course, Joe, your favorite scene, the cavalry. We love that. Yeah, that was cute. That was. I just like in the first season. Don't call me that. This season, yeah. boom, the cavalry. Yeah, it was cheesy, but in the best way. And and speaking of uh, the cavalry, the thing is, or uh, I know Sybil C- blo- was blown up, <laughs> but it was anticlimactic as well, right? Yeah, it was, it was like a bit. Yeah. I mean, it was like she got the punch in the face and was just laying there. Yeah, and then blow, boom. Yeah, it was kind of like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, okay. Uh, come on, punch her more. <laughs> punch her more! Get out to her! <laughs> Torture her! <laughs> okay, so they defeated the Chronicoms by using Korra and Mace and Bad Powers and also Quake, you know, trying to... I thought Quake, I thought Quake was going to die, but of course not, because she's Quake. Quake. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she was there, and Korra revived her with her powers. Hmm, her powers can revive people. Give that it, energy yeah. force. 
it, interesting. I like the uh, parallel between her mother trying to steal her powers when she died the first time and Cora, her sister, giving her life. And the big reveal, Joe. Fitz and Simmons create a secret. Our theory in the past few, few episodes, yeah. they have a daughter. Alia. Yeah. Yeah, we, I love We thought that. she was pregnant. I we were that. right. The past yeah. tense was very correct. <laughs> I think, based on what you, uh, based on, on your observation, do you think, what, how old is the daughter? Maybe eight, nine years old, maybe? She's grown a lot. No, I, I think she's like, Six, seven. Four, I, no, I'd say four or five. Four or five. So they spent five years in space. Trying yeah, to find well, I think longer. Well, don't forget, she has to be nine months pregnant. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so I th- I guess they've been about plus. Who knows how long they were there before? So I'd say they probably about eight years in space. Ten years, give or take. And the thing is, there's a curious par- parallel between Fitz and Tony Stark in a way because they both crack time travel. And they they have mm-hmm. a daughter, but True, the only difference yeah. is Stark died and Fitz gets to <laughs> have this happily ever after. Wow. Poor Stark. He just mm. he's like I sacrificed myself for you. Fitz is like oh, fuck that. <laughs> I will not snap. <laughs> uh, I mean, like we all kind of expected someone to die, someone to be dead by the time this happens. It was a nice surprise that that wasn't the case. Uh, I, I, have, yeah. I have to say that was a nice surprise. It felt a little too clean of an ending for that, I'll say, because the show has had these extremely dramatic moments. I thought someone was going to die. Uh, and I'm still surprised that no one did. Okay, of so our if, main if, you, if you thought someone's going to die, who's, who do you think will die? Who do you think would have died if someone died? Uh, I would have gone. I, I thought Coulson was going to sacrifice himself one last time because mm-hmm. that's been pretty much his MO throughout the entire season. Yeah, he died seven times, maybe eight. Jesus. Final nail in the coffin, <laughs> literally. I, I, I think it's more because for most people, season five had the perfect ending. So I think that's why we kind of assumed that it would end very similar. Yeah, with Coulson dying. Well, not on. Yeah. No, he died off screen, but still. <laughs> or turning himself off. That that's the thing. Or tur- Well, he 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 was at Tahiti. It was like the the magical ending, and that's how it felt. I think from the thing is what I wrote in in my review is that I believe that this was this season ending is a better ending for the show, while the ending at season five was a better ending for the character. Yeah, I agree. We now go back to the Swordfish Monkhouse in New York, where they, where they have a roundtable discussion. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the touch, yeah. you know. And they're, they're all talking virtually, like in a Zoom call, but a more advanced Zoom call. And yeah. um, that, that was shot, for those, not, for those unaware, that, that was shot a year ago when there's no pandemic. And uh, they, they kind of predicted what will happen now, right? The future. Time travel. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I know we're going to talk about a lot. So, just going to swiftly break down all the endings for the character. Mac is the new Nick Fury. Wow. <laughs> Stole his wardrobe. <laughs> With the helicarrier and a trench coat. Uh, just want to get your thoughts about that, Joe. Of Mac. Mac first. Mac. Not, not from the rest. Mac first. Uh, Mac. It's a fitting ending. Uh, I, I still believe that he was a fantastic choice to become director, especially with 
you know, the whole point of he distrusted Coulson in the beginning. His iconic line of the real shield is still going to be iconic to me forever. Yeah. And I liked, I always loved Mac as a character and he's one of the characters I would want to see moving forward. So it's, it's a fitting ending. It's a little on the nose with the Nick Fury freaking outfit. That was a little on the nose. But otherwise, yeah, it was a, but I, I still like the ending for him. Yeah. And he's unlike Nick Fury, though, even if he is he's dressed somewhat similar to Nick Fury. He is less secretive and more cons- consultative, right? In a way. Yeah. Because he wants that. He well, wants he's to not going to go around not tr- Well, he didn't get his eyes scratched out by a cat, so he has less trusting issues. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Yo-Yo. So Yo-Yo has a new team, Piper and, and LMD Davis. That's the reward for protecting protecting the protecting Fitz and Simmons' daughter. I didn't like that. Why? I'll be honest. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's I I I like that it ties into the whole, you know, making the wish. I don't even know if it has to because don't they say in the round table that like she's still thinking of what she can get, get from you guys? Oh, the, but my problem is simply it, is uh-huh? it's confirmed that uh, the 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 gift was LMD Davis. Oh, it was the gift. Yeah. Um The only thing is for me is like. Where did they get his memory bank? That's the one thing with the L&D characters that always confuse me is how they get those memories in. Is it just from recordings and they just create these characters out of everything they own or film from that character? Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like, it undermines Davis's death. Coulson makes sense because it's Coulson. He's essential to the team. Yeah, and, and Davis is like, I, I get where they're going with this, but... Like he has a daughter. It doesn't he have a, like a kid and a and a and a wife and yeah, he has a kid. Like, it, so it opens so many awkward questions, you know. <laughs> but it was it was a cute touch. I'll say that it was a cute thing to do, and I liked that he still had his banter with Piper's. Like you guys program me this way. I'm not at fault. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's Yo-Yo's ending. Now we move on to May's ending. He's now the head. Of the Coulson Academy, the New Shield Academy, and I think it's a fitting end for the character because you know she was distant during the first few seasons, and now she is more caring, yeah. she's more understanding. What do you think about that? It was a I like it's cute. It, it it's a great way to showcase her evolution as a more empathic person. I like yeah. that Flint is. A she still has powers though. She still touch. has powers. Yeah, that I mean they still didn't explain where those came from. They just exist. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we would have all been fine. It's just, oh, she has inhuman. Like, oh, I have you know, a theory. A I have a theory. Surprise. I have a theory, Joe. Okay. Because you know, May, uh, when she was uh, saved by that future tech mm-hmm. from Simmons and Fitz, Simmons, yeah. and Fitz and Simmons designed that, uh, designed that chamber. So maybe they they were the oh, ones responsible yeah. for giving that power because she, they know that. M- May's empath power is essential to the, the overall plan. Oh yeah, that that actually makes sense. I didn't even think about that yet. Yeah, I yeah, I'm with you. That's probably why. Just realizing. I mean, mean, like, oh, you're getting powers now because it's important. I hate emotions. <laughs> yeah, and now you love emotions. Now let's move to Quake, who is uh when it was first when it was first uh screened on screen. 
Many are speculating that he, she's an agent of S.W.O.R.D. Because she's in space with Sosa and Korra. You know, they're trying uh, to... Uh, in deep space, uh, about to hit a nebula. But, the ambassadors. Then, but they're still... Uh, one of they're still within Shield, and in Sosa's words, Astro ambassadors. What do you think of that? And <laughs> do you think that? Do you think that um, uh, it it's right for the character because you know she's in space, she's a superhero. Anyway, I, I I don't know. Uh, you know the thing is about Daisy Johnson is that in the comics she actually becomes the director of Shield at one point as well. Yeah. Uh, so. I don't know if she has any connection to the sword. Uh, I, I'm going to be brutally honest and say I don't... Like, a lot of people right now are saying, oh, this is a confirmation that she's going to be in sword. And I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, but Kevin Feige has been very open about avoiding anything that had to do with these shows. I sadly doubt that this is going to be a thing with Daisy Johnson. If, if she returns, like, there was also the Secret Warriors storyline. I, I kind of think the Secret Warriors would have been a better ending. Because, yes. you know, Daisy Johnson isn't defined by going to space. It's a nice touch, but it's it's just kind of a, okay, it's a neat idea. Uh, that I could see it kind of working, but it doesn't blow my mind away to say, ah, this is the perfect ending for this character, you know? Now let's move on to Coulson. <laughs> Coulson and the reunion with Lola. The car, Lola. The, the beloved car from the first season. And I think it's a fitting ending for Coulson as well. Because, you know, uh, he, he is um, an L&D. Of course, he's not alive anymore. But he he's still wandering the world. He's still exploring the world as an agent. I don't know. But maybe, I, I, yes, as an agent. But I love it that he has the freedom now to do the things that he wants to do and the places that he wants to visit. You know, What do you think mm. about Coulson's ending? Um, Riding off the sunset. <laughs> it was so. It's a great parallel to season one, episode one. They yeah. both end the same way. Uh, that I think is a, is a great little nod to that episode. Uh, I just have to say one thing. I like what I, I I my thing with this ending is that in general it doesn't really help place it within the greater MCU. Yeah. which is kind of a, a, a d- disappointing nod, but just a very confusing aspect of this this series. But what really gets me is, is that, like, I like the touch that the car turns black. I feel like that's a tribute to his love, his romance from the, I think it was season three, the uh, Price, I think was her name. Yeah, Russell, R- because Russell, she had, yeah. Russell and Price. Rosalind, yeah, because she had that black car, so I hope that was, like, intended as a tribute to her. Um, but it, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a great way to end, but it felt so dramatic for him just to go off and to fly off, you know, because yeah. it was this like really sentimental, depressing line of Daisy going, are you really going to travel? And it's like, is he like, he, he's obviously just going away. I mean, he's not dying right now again or anything. So I, it was a little yeah. confusing. Because the ending didn't match the more dramatic element or speech he had with Daisy. I don't know if you noticed, Joe, but Mac gave him something. Like, aside from the keys of Lola, he gave him, like, a tracker or something. I, I, I think, think that's that a was track? the off switch. The, oh, that's that the off switch. switch. Oh, it's off yeah. switch. That, that would be my theory. So he has the power to turn off 
I wish we have that, you know, when you're just bored, just turn off and then wake up after 30 uh, years again. <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> so imagine you have an off switch, like someone accidentally presses. And then you're just shutting down. Wow. Okay. Yeah, well, before we, that, that's the end of the episode and the series. Before, before we move over to the implications of, of, the, yeah. of the character's future, we're going to break down the top three moments based on you. You first, Joe. Top three moments mm-hmm. for you. Top three. Just quick. So number three is just, ooh, I, I didn't even think I'm I'd stuck at two. Uh, number three would be for me, just generally the the emotional, just just the ending, just this spies goodbye tribute at this bar, yeah. which obviously I think was was the swordfish area. So that was a, a great touch. Number two would be, of course, the daughter reveal. I, I think her name, Aliyah is Isla. a different word Isla. I think that means sky in a different language if I remember correctly so it's a tribute to Daisy in a cute way yeah Wait, and number one the hazmat reveal that was just like the biggest WTF moment next to the uh, quantum realm <laughs> it's kind of a tight fight there for me okay that's your top three my top three is third one is um, believe it or not, Fitz returning. That's my third one. Fitz return. Uh-huh. Yeah. Second one is the hazmat scene, the connection yeah. to the season finale of season six and season seven, the opening. And also, uh, the first one, of course, is the round table. Just that moment, that, that entire round table moment between all the cast trying to, uh, Build a tradition of seeing once a year, which is sad, you know, because yeah. Mac pointed out that you don't want to lose touch because honestly, they've been through a lot, right? They've been through a lot, yeah. and um, we've been with them ever since. And it's kind of hard to imagine right now what will happen to these characters. We're now moving on to the implications. Joe, I have a question. Do you think? Mm-hmm. Some of the characters will return in some form. Now that it's been confirmed that they're an entirely different timeline from the MCU. They're part of the larger multiverse. Do you think some of them will, will return? It's, it's, I don't know. Um, I know a lot of people believe that this means pretty much that, oh yeah, uh, we're definitely getting Ages of Sword. Uh, I sadly, yeah. if we do, it's not going to be this team. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say that. Because, yeah. you know, there's the, th- the thing is with the ending of this season is that S.H.I.E.L.D. is completely rebuilt. Mm-hmm. We still don't know if the snap happened. That was never approached or talked never. about. Yeah. So it felt like, okay, we're in a timeline where, just ev- where S.H.I.E.L.D. returns and everything is fine. So I, I, if I had a choice, I want to see Coulson return in some form or another. I, I would be perfectly fine if he's a... I don't know if he's like on the sword ship where Nick Fury is and his mind is up there. I'm just in general for more for more Coulson. I would be happy to see a main MCU timeline version of Daisy. I yeah. would be happy if if Chloe Bennett gets to continue the character. I mean, she gets to play the character in I think it's called the the Marvel Rising show. She voices Daisy. So I I'd be very happy. To see her return 
and I'm very curious what it means. And I, I generally just would love to see Mac continue playing a character because I just think he's a great actor, and I would love to see him return. Yeah. How about how about Deke? <laughs> no. I'm good with Deke. <laughs> Deke he is out there. Great. Uh, he, he's out there. That's certain. <laughs> Uh, the actor was fantastic. Uh, I like his role, the way he played the character. Uh, so I'd be, I'd be perfectly happy to see him return as well. But I, I don't think the character of Deke is necessary anymore. Yeah. And yeah, I'll, I'll say the one thing is that if I had the choice, I would love to see uh, who I think was like the biggest missed opportunity was the return of Mockingbird. Yeah. Of Adriana Paliki. That would have been fantastic. Agreed. And I, I, share, I share the same sentiment with you. I think uh, I'd, I'd love to see them return. But the thing is, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show, the ending of the show is already a fitting ending. Like, it's a fitting yeah. conclusion already for these characters, you know. And um, I would love it to not be untouched because, I mean, I'm all for more stories, of course. But mm. the way we left characters... There's no such thing as perfect, but for me, it's, it's beautiful, it's captivating, it's compelling, it's a compelling ending. And uh, I love that that there's still S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, some of them, still, not all. Yeah. I really want them in MCU. I really, I really, really do. I really want to see Agent Coulson back. I mean, I really want to see Daisy because Chloe Bennett's portrayal of Daisy Johnson is top-notch, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. But the way it is right now, it's with the multiverse, I I would love the MCU to reference them. I think it's a great character. I I personally like. I'm, I'm a big fan of the uh, Avengers game, doing the beta a lot, and I would love. I think she yeah. would be great. They already teased actually Daisy Johnson in the game, so really? like that would be a perfect opportunity to you. Yeah, there's a there's a facility where you see her name on a test tube, so I, I think it would be great touch to have her kind of be the character in this game as well if they don't continue her legacy in the MCU directly. But it still could be like her voicing the character and everything. The low-key TV series is one possibility because they're exploring the multiverse and they have the time variance authority, mm-hmm. time travel and stuff like that. That actually would be a great cameo. Yeah, because, you know, maybe the one one scene that, that, I, that I am trying to recreate in my mind right now is Maybe the time, the headquarters of the Time Variance Authority, you know, maybe the, so, some of the exploits of the Season 7 time travel plot of Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. might be referenced. Like, okay, there's there's the aberration here, the timeline. There, someone is trying to disrupt this timeline. Is it them again? Oh, God. Uh, is it them again? Project Insight is now in 1976 instead of <laughs> 2014. <laughs> Weird. I could I imagine, like, the the whole thing, like, just them constantly, like you see on the screen, like timeline. Oh, it's fixed. Oh, it's broken again. It's fixed. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're moving on. A celebration of the show. Um, this has got to be the emotional part because speaking of celebration, we, we, we watched this show, both of us, past seven years, yeah. even before we met, even before we knew each other <laughs> from MCU Exchange. Uh, we've been following this show, and I just want to ask, what does. How what does Agents of Shield mean to you, and how did it change you in some way? Like, did it change your perspective on something? I started Agents of Shield when I was in college, so that was yeah, around the time I started my bachelor's degree, and it was probably. I mean, I've I've watched a lot of shows. I, I'd say it was like the first show since Lost, 
where I really watched it weekly, uh, week after week. Same. I think it was also one of the first shows I ever really like reviewed online. Uh, so it, it got me more active online. Actually, the first article I published on MCU Exchange was the was an Ages of Shield article. So <laughs> kind of fitting there as well. I got we're the same. I'm gonna talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is that it, you know it's. It's been a wild ride. I, I also started, you know, dis- uh, deciphering TV ratings because I kind of got tired of people constantly saying how terrible the show's ratings are without really looking at it or understanding how it works. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, the thing is, is that I think a lot of stuff from, especially from the MCU, has gotten this kind of stigma uh, to some degree of, oh, you know, it's popular, so... It's not really that good. It's all the same. And especially a show like Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. that did so much to diversify it. Especially like my, my personal favorite season is still season four that had these very different. Yeah, Ghost Rider arc was amazing. But also like the whole, like the build up to Aida and, and stuff like that. It, it's That's why it's like to me one of the best seasons because it had these this technology and magical elements but still made them stand out on their own as part of this bigger season. And I think that yeah. that's something that that Shield did incredibly well, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's it's sad to see it go. It's it's the end of an era. I, I know Hellstrom is like the last Marvel TV show technically, is but this is the Marvel last joke? one to really be. The, the, you know, the the fun thing about this, I just want to share the secret to to all of you listeners out here, as well for you, Joe. Ace of Shield is the first TV series that I've ever watched as a whole. Oh. <laughs> Because I'm a big fan of the MCU, and um, yeah. I was really curious on how how this works. Because back then, I was I'm really new to all of this stuff, but I was I was a young teenager. I was like, okay, how does this work? So season finale. So there's another season. <laughs> I don't I don't understand how that works. So yeah. so I, I was researching because when I love something like this show, uh, I I tend to read articles, different articles about it because after every episode, it's it's been my tradition ever since that after every episode I get to read uh, articles from Screen Rant, ComicBook.com, mm. MC Exchange. <laughs> So, I was I was trying to you know back then I was a newbie on all, all of this pop culture and all of this Marvel stuff Marvel Cinematic Universe. I was really a newbie then, and I, I tried to understand okay what what is what does this mean? Like I was really intrigued on how Agent Coulson was resurrected during that time because yeah. I was really hard at work on trying to find different theories online because there are a lot of theories online, and uh, mm. <laughs> and. Then, Back then, we had cable TV, and we we're, I'm still watching it every week. Uh, it was airing on a channel called uh, from a Fox channel here in the Philippines. It was oh. airing back in a Fox channel. It was mm-hmm. air. It, it was back then. They don't have that same day U.S. release here in the Philippines yet, so I have to wait because Asian Shield is every Wednesday, yeah. right? So I have to wait for until Saturday before I watch the episode. So there are a lot of spoilers already. <laughs> so I have to I have to close my eyes and you know when I was browsing I have to mute some terms because I don't want to be spoiled. That's how dedicated that's how committed I am to this show. Mm-hmm. Because this show is I love Agent Coulson's character because he's the character that left a mark in me more than anyone yeah, else I during phase many. one. During phase one. Because all of us are normal people. 
right? All of us are normal. We don't have powers. And he's the embodiment of that during the, back then. Not now because he, he's LMD and <laughs> back then. So I love the idea that this show is not all heroes are super. You know, that, that's the motto. Yeah. That's the, mar- that's the marketing for this show. And that enticed me. Okay, I, I'm willing to watch this show without, without, without even finding out, uh, without having any background of, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. as an organization. Uh, yeah. And these are all original characters. Grant Ward, Sky back then, Fitzsimmons, Agent May. Uh, Coulson is the only link to the MCU. And back then, I was so, so invested with, uh, with the characters, with the storyline, and also the mystery uh, behind Coulson's death. And Coulson's yeah. resurrection. I was when when that episode aired. I, I remember. I really re- I remember that that was January twenty fourth, when I first watched that episode. That season one, episode eleven. <laughs> I know that episode count. Sorry, I'm I'm that <laughs> I'm that nerd. <laughs> so when I, when I was watching that, and then okay, what's Tahiti? What's happening? Tahiti, and then I, I magical place. It, yeah, it it ate me. I mean, it ha. It helped me to where I am right now because that started my habit of reading different articles mm-hmm. from different media outlets, Screen Rant, ComicBook.com, resources, and other other stuff. Her- Heroic Hollywood. I was really trying to find out that that started me. That, that that this show made me fall in love with reading and writing about superheroes. You know that. It started my passion. Ages of Shield paved the way to uh, to follow my passion to write about what and to talk about superheroes. That, that's where mm-hmm. we are right now. And you mentioned earlier that your first article is uh, from MC Exchange is Ages of Shield, right? Well, guess yeah. what? Me too. <laughs> Yours too. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that's my very first article. I I recall that's my very first article last year when I was starting out as a writer. I, I will not forget that. That my report was about uh, Agents of Shield season seven production was has already finished. That's my report. Like that's my very first article. And the one thing I noticed, but when I'm writing about Agents of Shield, is I finish quickly, and I the, the amount of words that I write is over the top. And and during the first few episodes, I was I was reviewing, you know, the, I was reviewing this season season seven episode before Richard. Before Richard came in uh, and then took over the entire thing because I was there and I can't I can't review. <laughs> I mean I can't write a proper review for Shield because there's so many. I'm so invested in the show even though I, I the, the the words the words that will be in the review will be so biased <laughs> for me, <laughs> right? Because I love this show and so are so many stories and Agents of Shield cha- changed me in so many ways. It helped me and it it was. Amazing! It's an amazing ride, and I'm going to miss this show. And and there will be yeah. some times that I will get to rewatch maybe a few episodes. And the one quote that really helped, that really left a mark in my mind, is a quote from Coulson during season one, episode twenty-two, season finale. He said, "A wise man once told me that a person can do anything once they realize they're a part of something bigger." Mm. That's what that that was shared to him by Nick Fury, yeah. and the, the I just want to share, guys. This this quote 
I've been using this quote during my college years. During my college, and I was using it in my academic papers, and they work. That, that is usually my introduction when I'm writing an essay or maybe my wrap-up in the, in, the, in the final piece of paragraph in my essay. That's how invested I am to Marvel, <laughs> Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I use quotes from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., not just from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but from the MCU when I was writing my essays during uh, college. Wow, shared a lot. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. It's always good to share. Yeah, how about you? Uh, you figure out your best goat? <laughs> oh, it's, it's hard. There's so many lines throughout this entire series that it's... The thing is to me is that I, I kind of... I, I will say my favorite quote is because it's just... It's a little cheesy, but it fits the show so well as the whole... We're not eight. We're not. We're agents of Shield, not agents of nothing. It's just it, because it's an important moment. It's it's also echoed in the end of the season that you know Shield is back officially, not just small time. And I, I just I love Coulson's performance in that moment. <laughs> just the yeah. we're not Shield. Oh, we're not agents of nothing. <laughs> I love that. That that was in season one episode. I know the episode counts. So sorry. Yeah. Season one, oh, episode eighteen. Weird. Episode eighteen. That was during. That was in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> that argument was in the snow, right? That was there. Yeah. Before, before. <laughs> I know. I I know. If you ask me anything, I know about the show. If you want to talk to me about it, if she was tweet me at Aaron Aaron Sheen. That's A R N C H I N O. So okay, <laughs> last segment. We've been talking a lot about issues of Shield. God, Charles will will be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Last segment. Oh, we talk about the future of the character. That's it. We talk sure, already. Yeah. We talk already the future of the character, celebration of the show, Ag- Agents of Shield, seven season run. In one word, Joe. Just to wrap this up. In one word. Um, how do you? How will you describe Ex- Agents of Shield throughout the seven season run? I, with one word, I'll call it experience. It's an absolute experience right. to, to enjoy the show. It, you know, it has its ups and downs. Uh, to this day, the only thing that really bugged me in the show was the Secret Warriors marketing for three people. <laughs> it will always be my only thing that goes, huh? <laughs> but it's still just such an experience with these. Like, the thing for me is uh, it's about characters, and these characters are the main focus of what makes the show so good. So yeah. that's always going to be something that brings me back. And that's why I think it's the experience of sharing it with these characters that makes it stand out. And most of them are original characters created for yep. the show. Like, well, like Mac, Yo-Yo, the only ones that are really original Fitz, are Fitzsimmons, May, and technically, if you say Sky at the beginning, because Mac is actually also in the comics. He's an engineer. Didn't know that. <laughs> Well, he shows up in one comic story, I think. So really? the fact that they turned him into such a huge character, I think, is amazing. So he, he yeah. could as well be a completely original character. For me, my one word for Agents of Shield is family. Because, yeah. well, while the, while the characters embody a family, us, us fans were already part of, of the big family as well, right? In the past few seasons, past seven seasons. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that camaraderie. And you know, even though we're not seeing we're not seeing ourselves personally, 
whenever an episode finishes, Agents of Shield is always trending, you know. And if you can see the hashtag, well, uh, I was browsing the tweets back then. You know, after mm-hmm. the series finale, I was browsing the tweets, and there are so many tweets that I that I retweeted, that I favorited, that I liked, and uh, th- it has an amazing fan base, right? Really, yeah. really amazing fan base, and we're part of that. <laughs> the way, like I said, stories will forever be part of our history, <laughs> or you know, <laughs> and that that's ra- that's right. about to wrap it up. An hour, over an hour episode here. <laughs> Sorry about Ace of Shield, and uh, if you guys have what's your favorite Agents of Shield moment, please do tweet us at twitter.com slash MCU Exchange. And you can also talk us talk to us about this episode, also the past episodes. You can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Aaron Chino. That's A E R O N C H I N O. You can also follow Joe on Twitter. I'm at that Bell, T H A T A B E R L. Yes, you can also follow our writings over me. Personally, I wrote uh, an interesting feature for the direct. You can also follow Joe and Charles over at uh, not just for M- MC Exchange, but also for Murphy's Multiverse. Amazing site, guys. So many scoops, so many reviews. <laughs> yeah, branching out, all of us. <laughs> On that note, bye, guys. Everyone keep safe. This has been me, Aaron, and Joe for MC Exchange Podcast, episode 32. Stay safe. Bye.